Welcome to the Lookout Landing Podcast. My name is John Troopin. I am an editor at Lookout Landing, uh, and I am joined by the managing editor of Lookout Landing, uh, my close personal friend and bitter rival, uh, Wait, Kate Prusser. Yeah, I, I, I felt this was the time we had to, we had to put it put it out. Put the put the cat on the table, as it were. Wait, what? Um, so you're just gonna air our dirty laundry? Like yeah, that, exactly. The fact that the LL is actually a house divided. <laughs> indeed, indeed. And, we, and the we're... two of us are warring for the hearts of the rest of the staff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because of your failed coup attempt. Yeah, I'm uh, my my failed Josh coup attempt. Um, <laughs> Look, don't mess with me right now. I am reading a book called The Power about women having a it's like an alternate reality where women have like a powerful electrical charge tr- tied to something called a skein of okay. like nerves yeah and they can just like basically <laughs> shoot fire out of their fingertips and All right. it's amazing okay. i want to live in this world <laughs> Um, but yeah now now whenever anyone crosses me i just think about zapping them well, it's that that satisfying. is good. Uh, you you and everyone who watched Dragon Ball Z growing up. So this is uh, this is good. I'm happy to have you, uh, sort of in in this world in this mindset. I think it's a positive one. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, tonight, no. Let's let's put aside, I guess, our differences <laughs> and I guess. Uh, yeah, and uh, n- put a zap free zone. Uh, yeah, all zaps barred, uh, and, uh... I'll, and I'll delete these ten mean subtweets I have about you. <laughs> <laughs> Subtweeting is so cool. <laughs> Everyone who's cool should do it. Um, well, we, we have some baseball news to talk about since the last time we spoke. Do since we last have time, to? Well, Can here, we, like, do we have to be a baseball pod? Like, could we just sometimes, <laughs> like be a gelato pad podcast and talk about like all the new gelato places in town or something i don't know like i don't know the new, new gelato, places but like, yeah i don't know just like it's sort of been some bummers of some news yeah uh, i guess what i will say is we technically haven't spoken since james paxton's no hitter so <gasps> that's right we that is we, that, we, that's that's our sort of uh our our dessert uh, that we get to have first or last, depending on what you're feeling. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about let's talk about the road trip. Let's yeah. talk about this incredibly long, mm-hmm. super epic road trip. Mm-hmm. Lessons were learned. People were lost along the way. Yeah. Chevy Chase was there <laughs> yeah. for some reason. <laughs> it's, the, uh, it's the worst, weirdest <laughs> road trip movie ever. But there were high points. It's just. There's a lot of, there are a lot of feelings. I have a lot of feelings. And like, I should apologize to the Midwest about all the mean tweets I sent about how much I hate the Midwest, but I don't, I'm not sorry. They, I'm sorry. Yeah. I was going to say. Me and Beyonce, one of the many similarities between the two of us <laughs> is that we both ain't sorry. Um, both, both potential Coachella headliners. Um, <laughs> and, uh. Yeah, I mean, from from the just on field lousiness uh, to the you know actual things that were 
tangibly horrible in terms of injuries to just like James Paxton and James Pazos getting food poisoning. Like, oh my gosh. Uh, you know. Oh, so much happened. All the things happened. All the feelings were felt. Yeah. Things started off okay, though. Like, they started mm-hmm. off okay. We opened up with the Paxton no-hitter, and I felt mm-hmm. like that should have set the tone for the trip. But it really should've. what it did was remind us that if you are a Mariners baseball fan, you will get patted on the head while simultaneously being punched in the mouth. <laughs> that is our life. That is mm. our that is our existence. So from the super high of that to then mm-hmm. losing the next day and not being able to like create a ton of offense, that was a bummer. And then yeah. just bouncing back the next day with that very solid nine run win. That was that was great. Yeah. That, that part of the road trip, I was okay with. Mostly and it pretty, fine. I think it pretty well established that I think we are a better team than Toronto. Don't you agree? Uh, absolutely. I mean, Toronto's offense is a mess. They yeah. p- put Stroman on the DL immediately following his game against the Mariners. We and broke him. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he's just, he's been bad all year. They're pitching their, their bullpen has been held together by the Duck most tape. cluster l- luck that I have, you know, seen mm-hmm. in ages. Um, and now Osuna is going to be out. Um, yeah. They've extended his administrative leave. God, I forgot leave. that happened. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Oh yeah, I mean, goodness. as bad as things are for us, they are also uh, having some trouble. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them extended again until his court date, which is mm. early June, I believe. So um, things, are, things are rough there. I think that mm-hmm. that series exposed a lot of holes in their lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of holes in their pitching and in their bullpen. Just they're categorically weaker than the Mariners in all of those areas. So I think, like as far as wild card contenders, you know, they're also playing in a super tough division. I think we could maybe. I had been a little panicky about them earlier in the season, but I feel like that series really put to rest my mind that the Mariners are a superior team and. It, I'm I'm not worried about them. As and, and they, unlike like the Twins, who are also I think an inferior team, uh, you know the Blue Jays don't enjoy a cream puff schedule. Yes, um, for you know, sure. <laughs> the Which Blue Jays have to play Boston and yeah. the Yankees. Yeah. Like, I I'm a little sad. I like Blue Jay. Uh, this series also like I thought that they the Blue Jays fans showed tremendous class. Like cheering for Paxton and his no-hitter. Um, you know, just the way that they kind of rallied together at the end there. And I recognize he's Canadian. And I recognize that Blue Jays fans are annoying when they come here. But, uh, you know, a good strong deuce of humility. And uh, I like our friends over at Bluebird Banter, too. They're good people. So yeah. hopefully every- by the time they come, yeah. we will have separated ourselves from them in the standings yeah. for the wild card pretty seriously. And we all hate Kendrys Morales. So uh, that is something all of us can come together <laughs> over, which I was very pleased to see, that they mm-hmm. they do not like him just as much as we don't. He yeah. could get hot and find himself back in their good graces. But boy, he looks, as you were fond of saying, washed. <laughs> Wa- yeah, Washington. Okay. Um, so we get out of there, and it's pretty good. Mm. And then things take a turn. Mm. Um, yeah. starting with the rain delay, which sucks, mm-hmm. 
which throws the rotation into some confusion, which in turn causes, I mean, just the ripple effects over that. So the rain delay pushes it to a double header. Double headers are hard. Um, then you have to play again. Then you have to go to Minnesota. I mean, it was just, and then it messes up the rotation too. So like just this, this stack of dominoes, and then you have Cano getting the hand broken and, uh, it was just, uh, what a nightmare. That was a nightmarish series in a, a ballpark that traditionally gives the Mariners trouble. And although they, they lost the series. That's right. I felt like they won the series, but they didn't. They lost the series because no. Mike Leake melted down, right? Yep. It was down. our, uh. No. That was against Chicago. He melted down. God, I can't even remember. Uh, Felix was bad. Felix was bad. Um, and Paxton was not super sharp. Paxton uh, was not super But also sharp. the offense just didn't really show up. Um, and then the, the replay challenge. Yeah. Oh, man. I am getting... I, I forgot about that already. Oh. Like. Uh, which apparently was related to a technology problem. Yeah, the phone yeah. wasn't working properly or something, and so yeah. So <sighs> Whatever. That <laughs> was that was just a mess. That was a mess. But I think what's most concerning about that is obviously Detroit is a scrappy, plucky little team. The people you always have to watch out for in life mm -hmm. are the people who have nothing to lose. Whenever someone is tailgating me in traffic or driving aggressively against me, mm. I'm like, go ahead, friend. Mm. I drive a 2005 Toyota Corolla that I hate. And because <laughs> it's a Corolla, it will never die. So please, <laughs> please be aggressive with I don't care. I have nothing to lose mm. in this scenario. Uh, so, yeah, always be wary of those people because the, they're the ones who will uh, they will fuck your shit up. Sorry. Yeah. And that's Detroit. Uh, Detroit is the equivalent of me driving around recklessly in my 2005 Corolla. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, yeah, it was a frustrating trip. It was good that they still had a winning record overall on it. Um, you know, playing two because different teams that actually should be, uh, you know, competitors. But, it, you know, pretty big disappointment to lose to Detroit without Miguel Cabrera or Leonis yeah, Martin, who had been sure. two of their three best players. So For sure. Um, and, you know, then we get the news on Cano's suspension, and you know, it's, it's there are so many different ways that that ripples out. I mean, it, it you know, it impacts the future of the team this year but also mm -hmm. you know going forward because of what the res you know whether you know the results of the team this year are going to have an impact on what the team's you know intended trajectory is going forward you know I mean, it, it just it could not have been you know the, it is it is difficult to really fully capture how how big of a of a disaster <laughs> it was absolutely it is difficult to capture how devastating it is too for somebody whose identity is so tied up with the team i mean he's the face of the franchise yeah and it is saddening and disheartening 
Um, I'm going to say I believe Robbie, though. I believe him when he says, maybe, could he have been more careful? Yes. But do I think that he willingly ingested anything? I just don't, it doesn't make any sense to me because you're betting on the fact that you can game the system, but you know the system. You've been in it Mm -hmm. for long enough that you know that these tests pop up. Uh, it just, and you, the risk, the payoff, the, the payoff seems so poor compared to what you lose, which we're seeing right now what he loses, not just in terms of finances, but in terms of possibly his Hall of Fame campaign. It, it, it's just, it's an unthinkable thing for me. And maybe it's naive, but... I just, for somebody who is, Divish has said this before, the biggest baseball nerd on the team, like the person who loves baseball the most, to do anything that, and I don't know, maybe that, maybe that is a, maybe he did because maybe he loves baseball too much. Maybe, maybe he's worried that this was the only way he can preserve his body. I don't know. I mean, that, that is, I think, what, what, it, that was where I was at on it and, and where I'm at is that, I, it it makes sense that you would do it because you want you care about your legacy so mm-hmm. much, right? Like you, you know, he he knows what the consequence of him physically falling apart over the next, you know, starting now, going for five more years would be, right? He would be potentially known as the, you know worst contract in baseball for the next five years as this guy who has his whole entire career been mostly beloved and is one of the most widely respected players around the game i mean you know this is this is his personality you know this is his personality this is his life right you know and it's it's very difficult whether you're making you know fifty thousand dollars or you know $24 million, if you have defined yourself and who you are as a person based around a specific characteristic, you know, like when that characteristic slips away from you, it's difficult to... You, it, it's an identity crisis. Like, yeah. who... who? And I think we've seen that with Ichiro. Ichiro doesn't know who he is outside of baseball to the point where uh, even though his body seems to be sort of physically limiting him from being mm-hmm. effective on the field anymore. He transitioned into this role that, you know, he's still out there in full uniform and batting gloves and, mm-hmm. you know, running out on them, doing everything but playing in the games. So I think that there's a huge part of it that is about identity. And I think there's also a big part of it that's about shame. I, I mean, you know, we think of these guys as uh, above it all. But, you know, it's got to bother Pujols to see his face above, exactly. you know, Albatross c- contracts. You know, to have your, your mm-hmm. legacy turned into... It's going to be really hard to erase the memory of the Pujols who's playing baseball right now versus who he was in his, earlier in his career. Exactly. Um, so, I, I mean, maybe. Maybe from that, it's, it's, from that standpoint, it's understandable. But... It's... Yeah. It, I mean, it, you know, it is, it is the risk reward of, you know, if, if you, 
I'm sure there are a lot of other people who are doing this and can and have gotten through it um, because guys, you know, guys are still doing it. You wouldn't see people getting caught if there weren't other people succeeding and not getting caught, right? Yeah. I mean, it is, uh, you know, which isn't to say, I don't know. And, and, like, I think both you and I are pretty lax on the sort of morality of doing steroids uh in terms of you know it, i don't know i like i don't i don't think this tarnishes his hall of fame you know legacy for me oh really, yeah and just a gigantic f you to the new york post for <laughs> this is why they didn't extend you had a great tweet about this um that the same prescient new york front office that decided canoke was a risk for 10 years because of these whispers also decided to hand jacoby ellsbury uh you know seven how much are they paying him a year uh 21 million 21 million yes for seven years right yeah. well uh, seven years indeed with a with a i believe team uh team option for an eighth year uh that is a five million dollar buyout sure, so sure. um yeah uh it, it is also that that particular a sneaky cell phone uh on uh derek jeter who they were more than happy to extend because he clearly didn't do steroids so they knew that he was going to be terrible for the last <laughs> few years of his career um you know, so the, a, a, a good endorsement of the morality of the Yankees there. Yeah, for uh, sure. And their willingness to overpay uh, other people. Anyways, um, yeah, I mean, it just, it, the, the, the immediate impact is that it's really, really difficult to see the Mariners making a playoff push this year, right? Like, it is hard. It uh, was a hard picture to begin with, and now yeah. it's much harder. Yeah, and and you know, the fact that they have started hot made it, makes a big difference, right? They they pushed themselves into a position where, you know, even if you are a relatively five hundred quality team, which some you know some projections had them at, if you are a five hundred team for the rest of the season after banking, you know. Being seven wins over seven games over five hundred, six games over five hundred, you end the season, you know, eighty four and seventy eight, eighty five and or eighty, eighty five and seventy seven. You know, that's how that's just how it works. You know, I mean, that's not exactly how it works, but in in theory, you know, you don't lose those losses. It's not just going to slip away later. So, they've set themselves up to have, uh, you know, a a shot it's just that uh now they have to do so much more and it you're you are you know sort of in addition one of the questions we got uh was from uh let me find it here um Uh, from Patrick J here at Patrick J Burke 84. How crazy of a notion to sell what's left of the farm and get an arm or outfield bat? Why not? 17 years and counting. AL top heavy. Get the playoff monkey off the Mariners' back, then rebuild. Thoughts. Um, and it's a you know broader question that, that I would like to hear your thoughts on. But I think a big limitation that you have is even if the Mariners make the playoffs now, 
I mean, no one's going to be upset <laughs> that that you know if the Mariners actually make the playoffs. I think we'll be so thrilled. It will be weird for sure that Cano's not there, but the fact that you're not going to have actually your best team, right? Like, yeah. does it is it does it behoove you to make a big playoff push when you even if you were going to make the playoffs that you wouldn't right. have your one of your best players, right? Like because Cano is suspended and ineligible for the playoffs this year now. Right. Um, I mean, they've May is about banking wins, right? Yes. They have to yes. they have to bank wins against the likes of Oakland, Texas, Minnesota. Uh, they banked not as many as I would have liked against Detroit, but you know, Toronto. Um, because June is brutal. And I think that June is um, a two-game series with Houston, which is rough. A lot of games against Tampa Bay, which should be okay because they look pretty rough lately. And then just this awful stretch where it's the Angels, the Red Sox, the Yankees, mm-hmm. the Red Sox, the Orioles. That should be a little reprieve. Um, and then that kind of leads you into July where you're facing the ro- the Royals. So... Um, that's going to be a really tough month. Like, there's no way around it. And I think that June is going to tell us a lot about the rest of this team. Like, right now they should be winning, but we need to see if they can stand up against some of the big bullies of the AL in June. If they can... they, They did not perform well against the Astros when the Astros were here. They did not perform well against the Angels. Um, so if you're not better than those teams... To me, as hot as they've been and as much fun as they've been, it does kind of make sense to think towards next year when you have Cano back and you are able to field a full team. Because now we see the pieces and, like, they're not going anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got to deal with Cruz, but you have D. Gordon. Um, he's going to have another... Th- he's going to have his development interrupted as well, which is mm-hmm. frustrating and unfortunate. I, I do think it's the best move for the team to put him at second base while Cano is out, but you know, it just... Uh, yeah, so that, to me, that is my, my thinking on it, is you gotta see how things go in June. And uh, Jerry talked a little bit about the market beginning to open a little earlier than it has in the past, thinking about trade deadline pieces. Mm-hmm. Um... I think that whatever this front office does, they wouldn't get something that's a rental for the rest of the year. That just doesn't seem to be their strategy with anything. Yeah. Um, so I think whatever they move is a piece that is it's sort of like with Mike Leake when they went out and got him. They thought he could help through the rest of the year and maybe push them a little. Mm-hmm. But then also he, they were very much thinking about 2018 when they mm-hmm. acquired Mike Leake, who has been okay. He's been okay. Yeah. He's been okay. <laughs> he has not been great so far. Uh, he when, he has looks, had to... when he when he's good, he looks real good, and when he's yeah. bad, he looks horrid. And there's really kind of no. You're getting yeah. seven innings of like one run ball, mm-hmm. or you are getting he's giving up three right away, and then um, just fighting for the whole rest of it. Or you're getting a blow up, which is mm-hmm. what happened against the White Sox, which was maybe one of my least favorite Mariners games that I've watched so far this season. Mm-hmm. I think that might be it. Yeah. They, they're going to need to... They, they they have some time, I guess is what I would say. Right? They, you know, they, that, money, that money is there. They should go after someone. 
Um, I think a outfielder seems like a better buy than a middle infielder just because you have more options uh, just off of my appraisal or more options that I feel good about, right? Like Starlin Castro, you could go get, but Starlin Castro is under contract for three more years and also yeah. isn't that great. Um, you know, like he, he sort of fits the type of hitter that the Mariners seem to like in terms of lots of contact uh, and not many strikeouts, but uh, it's, uh, it is tough to, you know, I, I, I just, I think you can generally find a lot more in the outfield market um, that especially as I in a month you can find especially if the team has been banking wins um you know then you can make a push there and maybe you yeah. even see internally if some of your you know if if redia and gamble are doing fine uh then you know you can look more at pitching i mean it's 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 a tough situation but you really don't I think right now, I guess right now, if they were to make a move for someone tomorrow, what would you want them to get? Uh, so this goes with some of the questions that we got. Uh, Keegan Falk asked us, what's our preference on D. Gordon and the extra money from Cano? Mm -hmm. Leave him and get another second baseman, switch, get an outfielder, go for pitching. Um, personally, I feel like outfielders they have like there's gamble out there gamble has looked much better at the plate lately too uh just had a real brutal start to the season but was one of the few to get a hit off of bartolo today is that right am i mixing that up again um he had a double yesterday when they were having so much trouble pushing runs across <laughs> Uh, he had a rip shot line drive to end the game. I did see. Yes, he uh, did. He did. Ha uh, he's had some horrible Babbitt luck. He's hitting <laughs> yeah. the ball hard and like just right yeah. at people. His at bats have looked significantly better. Yeah. Um, which is encouraging. But again, yeah, I mean, again, I I don't know that even peak Gamble is, uh, you know, or or, you know, like you you need the best version of these two to be you know, solid players, right? Like, <laughs> the, the the leeway there I don't think is, is significant. It, it is true. I, I mean, they could upgrade, and getting an outfielder is an easy upgrade. If we're just looking at this year, uh, mm. I think absolutely don't even bother with trying to get an outside second baseman because I mm. just don't know yeah. what's out there that I would be willing to give up any significant capital for. See if yeah. you can get some expensive, maybe outfielder from someone just pay off some of the contract um but i would really prefer to see that money first and foremost go to pitching uh, it's 11 million mm -hmm. you can do a lot with that uh you can buy off somebody's poor contract um mm -hmm. i'm willing to flip prospects as well for someone who would be with the team i know that our dream that we've kind of been talking about in the slack is uh, you know, the Rays have a lot of arms. They have a lot of young arms. They have Blake Snell, who is really, after kind of struggling a little, has taken a huge step forward this year. They have, um, mm -hmm. isn't it one of the Chirinos? Chirinos? Uh, Yanni Chirinos? Yanni. Yeah. Um, been pretty solid starter for them. Mm. Uh, they have Honeywell. How's, y how's Yarbrough doing? Yarbrough is um, better. He's getting better. 
He had okay. a few bummer outings, um, oh. but pitched very well the last time I saw him. Okay. Um, so they've got, yeah, it sucks a little to see a, an XM's prospect. And again, that was the Drew Smiley trade, which I frankly feel like they owe us from. You sold, <laughs> you sold us damaged goods. Uh, um, so, you know, I'm looking at Chris Archer's contract, and he's in <laughs> R1. They had to give uh, him $5 million this year, almost $6 million. Uh, Is that right? I believe, yeah. So not, like, a huge amount of money, but, again, they are the Rays. Uh-huh. Uh, and he's owed a f- – he's owed we a We are the Rays. <laughs> <laughs> we are not contending – we are a small market team with not a lot of money, and we're building an expensive new stadium. Does not roll off the, the tongue so well, but... <laughs> no, uh, not the best remix. You know what they suck at? They do. They have some good pitching and some really shoddy position players. So mm-hmm. I would... Uh, anything... Uh, for Chris Archer, I would do just about it. I would move heaven and earth to get Chris Archer to Seattle. I think he would be a great contributor, not just because of his physical talent, but just... I think he would fit in well. He's talked before about loving Seattle, so uh, it would just, uh, that's one of those things that I think would benefit everybody. Okay, it would mostly benefit us, but like <laughs> like I said, the Rays, the Rays owe us. Um, yeah, outside of that, I, uh, I don't know. I, like, ooh, there's, I'm trying to think of teams who have an excess of, uh, players at some position um, that are that are not contending. The Padres, I think, are a, a potential fit, uh, even though I don't know that we've seen a lot, and maybe they're a little salty still about Nick Vincent. Um, <laughs> you know, I think they are. They're they're currently in it. Um, you know, they just called up Fran Mil Reyes, who's that's a true. very large human. They're paying Hosmer. <laughs> like the the Padres, bless their hearts, are kind of going all in. And you know what? The Dodgers look vulnerable, the Diamondbacks are hurt, and the Rockies are a mess. So somebody, we just need somebody to emerge in that Mm -hmm. division. So, like, some other people accept that they're sellers, and Mm -hmm. maybe we can prize someone out of them. But that's not a – there are some pictures that are clear and others that are not so clear. And, unfortunately, a lot of the tankers are in – you know, the Orioles clearly aren't doing anything. The Tigers clearly aren't doing anything. The White Sox aren't doing anything. The Rays aren't doing... You know, all of those are in our... Not our division, but our mm-hmm. uh, our league. So it's... I, th- I feel like that's a little trickier than trying to conjure, say, Dan Straley from the, the Marlins, which is another thing I'd really mm-hmm. like to see. He's having His numbers do not look good, but he would be a great value play for 2019. If they wanted to think that far ahead, yeah, I, I think you may see them if they, if we see them go anywhere, probably go towards the bullpen for a long relief guy, um, only because they're expecting they Erasmo have, back, and they still seem to believe uh, he can be a contributor. Yes, I don't. Well, buy it. I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know that Erasmo would be the the differentiator, but I, you know, I think like we talked about, like the people who have been biggest strugglers <laughs> in the rotation have been Leek and Felix. Felix and I don't know that you can move either of those guys to the bullpen and even if you did move either of those guys to the bullpen I'm not sure you see a dramatic improvement maybe Felix I mean that is is not out of the question but 
but I don't know that we see that <laughs> considered. So I so I think you have a better potential for upgrade in uh, I mean, just, getting a strong mid middle reliever. Just renumber everyone. Renumber everyone, right? So mm-hmm. number packs as one, number Gonzalez as two, maybe, mm-hmm. and number Leak as three, and number Felix as four, and mm-hmm. that to me looks a little more tenable than but I mean a lot of that hinges on Marco continuing to take steps forward and as we've seen he, he's going to make mistakes he's made mistakes He, he I love the competitive fire but sometimes he just tries too hard and mislocates mm-hmm. a pitch and it always it seems to pretty much always get punished so mm-hmm. uh, Marco as a 2 is a real real big ask right now but if you could slot Chris Archer in there instead, so okay, technically we still have the numbers. We that looks. I don't tenable. want. I do not want our our listeners to feel that the Chris Archer acquisition is impending. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. But get somebody who can fill that. Yeah. Space and you know you're not looking at a fifth starter. Yeah. So or you're looking at yeah. that shuffles everything enough to where I think. Because Er Erasmo terrifies me. Like, I don't know Mm. that... The pitching staff terrifies me. The offense does not terrify me so much. Ben Gamble Mm -hmm. and Guillermo Heredia holding down the outfield spots is not ideal, but Mm -hmm. they bring so much value on defense and speed. And, you know, you've got Seager, you've got Cano... Or not Cano. You've got Seager, you've got Cruz, and now you've got a suddenly resurgent Ryan Healy, who mm-hmm. I we got a question about him from Zach Mason at Real Zach Mason. Mm-hmm. We're buying Healy as pretty good, sure, but is he this good? Uh, no, probably not. But I don't think he necessarily is that far off. Right, like he is right now. Essentially, right now, everything he's doing is sustainable. Right, like he's he's got a BABIP around two seventy nine, I think. Three nineteen. Uh, no, sorry, that's his ISO. My God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, two ninety two. Uh, yeah, he, he's uh. You know, like after today, down to a 145 WRC plus, he's still got currently what would be his career high walk rate of 5.8 percent, which is not very good. But the thing is, 5.8 percent is about double, or not quite double, but it's mm, it's a drastic boost from where he was last year, and 3.8 percent. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, like, you know, we're, we're quibbling about little percentages, but that was sort of the whole thing with Healy was he does everything a good hitter does, except that he just never walks in addition. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, even though he doesn't strike out that much, you know, he strikes out at about a league average rate and he has good power, uh, you know, he just he didn't walk at all. And so he was missing this major component. And now he's one hitting for a little more power than he ever has, which is great and not unreasonable. I mean, he's a guy who is huge and looks like he should have yeah. power, and when he makes contact, he hits it very hard. Uh, um, 
but the fact that he is walking and showing generally what seems like good plate discipline mm -hmm. uh, makes me very encouraged that some something approaching this is sustainable and that essentially a guy in the 120 you know 110 120 wrc plus range you know a guy who's a not a, a not the best first baseman or one of the best first basemen in the al but an average or above average first baseman that is plenty yeah. Right. Like that. That's a huge get uh, for a guy. If he's, you know, entering essentially, you know, entering his prime right now, he's just turned 26 in January. Like that's huge. That is huge. You know, that's and, and you have this guy for the next five or six years. I mean, that's a massive, massive thing you know yeah i think that over this was literally one of the most underrated trades in baseball over the offseason i think a lot of writers looked at this and just went meh uh, but the fact is for a lottery ticket prospect in alexander campos and emilio pagan who i love but is currently at triple a mm -hmm. uh just has not been able to find the same success he did for us last year mm -hmm. uh this is a steal like mm -hmm. this is a steal mm -hmm. And it's looking like, so the big question I think is, are you getting 2016 Ryan Healy or are you getting 2017 Ryan Healy? Because 2016 Ryan Healy was worth 1.5 FWAR, WRC plus of 132. You know, that is a valuable player. And then yeah. 2017 Ryan Healy, not so much. Right. Uh, in a full year. And I think there was talk that he, you know, he'd gotten exposed, holes were found in his swing. Uh, so a WRC plus of a hundred, which, you know, not, not great. And I think a lot of people looked at those 2017 numbers and assumed that that was going to be him. Um, I think he's going to see a little bit of a dip because he's not, because the lineup overall is a little less potent with Cano being out. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's not quite, he was part of just like, oh, how we'll remember these halcyon days when the lineup was just... <laughs> I mean, it was just top to bottom. I think I tweeted, like, hello, welcome to the 2018 Seattle Mariners. Our number eight hole hitter has a 800 feet. Our nine hole hitter has 800 feet of home runs today, <laughs> uh, which was amazing. Uh -huh. um, you know, uh, too good to last, of course. Nothing gold can mm -hmm. stay. But um, I think that even if he absorbs a little bit of a so okay maybe he's a little less protected now because the lineup is a little thinner than it was it's still when you have Ryan Healy and Mike Zanino coming up you have a you have a pitcher who is not allowed to make a mistake in the middle mm. of the plate and you're going to see more walks because mm. they're they can't they can't put it in the they can't put it anywhere where they can hit it and if you can just show a little bit of that plate discipline and maybe that too is rubbing off you know getting to take batting practice with some of these guys <laughs> getting to work with edgar martinez like maybe he's extremely teachable and we've talked about that before he's a swing changer yeah. uh he's somebody who works hard at his craft and he's in an environment that i think he's way better set up for and he really wants to and he cares about it so uh, my money is on is on Ryan Healy being maybe not this continuing at this world beating pace, but my money is definitely on Ryan Healy being closer to the who he was in 2016 rather than 2017. Yeah, 
I I I would have to agree. I, he's he's hitting the ball hard. Uh, he's hitting the ball in the air. You know, he's he's fly ball rates are around the, what he's been doing, but he's just hitting more line drives. He's hitting the ball hard. He's pulling the ball a little more, which you know helps you have more power. And maybe I think that will be a little bit more exposed. Holy in terms cow. Of, yeah. His hard contact. Uh, I'm sorry. His hard contact <laughs> is up from 30% in 2016 uh-huh. uh, to 39.7%. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. doing mean things to baseball yeah. right now. Um, and so, you know, I, he, I think he, I, I, you know, I, from what I've seen of him so far this year, this has looked like an improved hitter and if he's an improved hitter which a guy who just turned 26 is you know reasonably likely to have you know improved from the year before then that is huge so i i agree with you kate i think i think it's it's very early you know he he may slip down but it 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 looks more reasonable to say that he he's a solid guy that you could depend on Uh, and this is not like he's somebody who's come over from another division and pitchers don't have a great scouting book on him or they haven't seen him before. There's a guy who's in the division, who's in the league, who everybody kind of has seen and they mm-hmm. sh- they know him, but now he's mm-hmm. added this new wrinkle to his game where he's walking a little bit more and if you can just keep that up. Uh, he transforms, I think, from like a Joey Gallo type who is going to hurt you badly but only once in a while to like a legitimate all-star i mean mm-hmm. if he can do this he's an all-star right mm-hmm. I, I mean i mean it, there's not really much competition at first base in no. the american league i don't know if you've been looking at it but it's sort of jose abreu and uh, uh, that's kind of it yuli uh, Gurriel, maybe yeah. I, yeah. I, miguel cabrera was doing well before he before got hurt. the injury uh, yeah yeah uh, but yeah, it's not a not not the firmest of fields. Yeah, I, I mean, we are maybe gonna see. We could see a lot of Mariners get to the All Star game this year because it's just it's gonna be representatives from only there are yeah. only so many candidates that you're gonna have. Yeah, it is a weird weird season. Um, yeah, let's you, see. Gurriel is not off to a good start. He is no. a war of negative one and a WRC plus of a hot 88. Yeah, he is not not the hottest in general. Yeah, um, he's just not. So OBP is 306. Yeah, he's just, he's not, not slugging well, that sort it. Of, that, was the, that was sort of the thing with, with him was like it, when we were trying to find comparisons for Healy, it was like, Abre- uh, uh, interestingly enough, Abreu and, and Gurriel. Yeah were sort of the two guys we or I, at least I kept settling on was you know neither of them walk much mm-hmm. they have power and they make a fair amount of contact Griel n- almost never strikes out uh, yeah, Abreu 11%, has more of crazy. you know Abreu has more of the average strikeout rate but puts way more of a charge into the ball generally so um, yeah pretty pretty good company to be in baseball wise um let's see should we should we transition to uh to some more questions yeah, here we, more we've questions. made our way through here um we've, we've sort of covered a few of these uh, you know jimmy uh bontadabus 
or Bontatibus. We have the, he sends in questions a fair amount, which we appreciate, Jimmy. And I'm please next time leave instructions on how to pronounce your name as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we sort of touched on this, but what would GMs Kate and John do with that sweet sweet eleven million dollars? Uh, Kate, do you have uh, what a about non non baseball things? Because I I would <laughs> so obviously we know I what? would buy no. pitching, you would buy an outfielder. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm right and you're wrong. But what about <laughs> what would we do with the what would what non baseball or like baseball adjacent thing would we do with eleven million dollars? I would pay oh. MLB.com to stop saying during this break in the action. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I oh, don't know how much goodness. it would cost to get that just permanently gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I yeah, I would pay. I would. I would pay some significant coin for that. Uh, do we think how much of a roof do we think we could finance? Oh man, that's for, a good call for some for some AL Central teams. Because I think that would like, be. What if it was like a a a porta roof, like or like a tarp, like a like, like a, a really big tarp, yeah, like a sky tarp. <laughs> yeah, sky exactly. Tarp. Yeah, uh, yeah, and they just they could share it between all of them and just mm-hmm. you know fly it around to whoever had. I think that eleven million would maybe get that done. I think we could do it. and well, and it would be fun because like you would, if you wanted it to not hang down, you could just like it have like a little like lifting. You, you'd have like a little, uh, like heating thing uh, that could go underneath it, so it would go straight up, and then it would look like every one of their stadiums was wearing a dunce cap because <laughs> they should be, which seems uh, uh, seems appropriate. Uh, yeah, we it's just your little cone of it's your little cone, cone of, of shame. shame for sure. Yeah. Yes, uh, and it's like when you show up to school without the proper uniform, and they put you in like the awful school uniform clothes that are like in a box. By the yeah, so and you Catholic have to like school wear your shame like the around. Worst. Dude, this was at the public school I taught at in Philadelphia. Oh my god. Oh yeah, they had a if you showed up out of it wasn't an official uniform cuz you have uh-huh. to pay for people to have a uniform if you're required to wear a uniform. Yeah. Um yeah, fun fact for all you employment law people out there. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, they would they, they'd send you to the office and you had to put on whatever was in the the box of clothes that got washed like maybe once a week in the home ec department. Oh. Yeah, real rough, real rough. Um but what, yes, I like what the sort of, of like flannels idea. were you allowed to wear? Because I think I wore mostly flannels all of high school. No, 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 no. There was, there was, it was a lot. It was polos and and uh, really unflattering like chinos. So uh, yeah, no, it was rough. But yeah, I like the idea oh. that it's like a shame. It's like a shame cap that they would have uh-huh. to wear. Okay, this uh-huh. is a, this is a great plan. Okay, done. Excellent. Jerry, uh-huh. call us. We've yeah. got, we've got some ideas. Um, okay, let's go to... Oh, Zach also asked, who you got, LeBlanc or Bergman? Uh, oof. I would like... I think... I think Wade LeBlanc still, because I have a horrid predisposition to trust lefties to do the type of bullshit that, <laughs> yes uh, yeah the, do you think <laughs> wade would be mad if i like work if i photoshopped a cover of the merchant of Val- venice with like the merchant of junk like j-u-n-q-u-e because that is what i call <laughs> that is my nickname for wade leblanc he is a merchant of junk uh and it's fantastic it's great i personally 
would probably pick LeBlanc anyway because I love him. He's a doll. But also, and his nickname is Waiter Tot. But also, I love how mad it makes people when he does well. <laughs> they get so mad. Oh, all, the, the best. all the people who love, like, you know, dominant pitching performances and whatever. And we, we did get a great taste of that today with Christian mm-hmm. Bergman, who carried mm-hmm. a perfect game into the fifth inning, it should be said. Because it sure wasn't mm-hmm. on the Facebook broadcast. <laughs> I don't want to hear or see another game on Facebook. Yeah, it was horrible. Whatsoever. If we're oh, talking about just things have been a real unpleasant stretch lately and the game on Facebook that they just booted away, quite literally booted away in the late innings was just wow, that was that was the only nice thing I can say about it is that it was short. It was that. Um Let's see. Uh, we sort of addressed this, but uh, from at sea from Bothell, our, our good friend Chris, isn't it kind of unsettling that the M's have barely eked out series wins or splits against tire fire teams? Something, something, the teams are supposed to beat. The M's should have steamrolled the Rangers yesterday and today, for example. I'm not looking forward to the June schedule. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, th- I think there are things that you could point to of all of the things that happened the yeah. last weekend <laughs> uh, combined Exhibit with a. <laughs> com- combined with the just real busted travel schedule um, combined with two of our best pitchers the the, the JP twins uh-huh. getting food poisoning <laughs> because like the Midwest was not inhospitable enough uh, yeah James James Pazos flu game as uh, Matthew our staff writer Matthew called it um indeed it was uh it was gross so but with that in mind uh yeah, I yeah the think about how that how James Pazos pitching and then literally running to the bathroom right after would start to feel like sort of a metaphor for the whole experience of being a Mariners fan over the past week but uh-huh. um yeah the i mean i i here's what i'll say is i felt like prior to Cano's injury uh, that the Mariners had a pretty solid playoff shot this year, just based on how everyone else was doing and the hot start that they'd had. Um, you know, that I I see cracks in the Angels and everyone else was pretty, you know, everyone else that was winning was pretty dominant, but that, you know, it was going to be them and the Angels sort of fighting it out um, and that that at least would be a blast. Uh, and then when Cano went down, it was like, well, this is going to be a long shot. And once Cano's suspension happened, it's like, yeah. any any real like competitive run that they get, it, it is going to be hilarious because it is going to be Gordon Beckham fueled, and it is <laughs> going to be like related to just like you know, because it, it's going to be Mitch Haniger has to be an all star <laughs> yeah. for this team to be a, a playoff competitor, and that's not out of the question but that's not that is a tough proposition so uh i'm i'm excited because i kind of feel like the mariners are in that nothing to lose scenario now right they they are you know for the most part uh you know they they need to scratch and, and claw and get every little bs thing that they can and 
that's what makes every individual loss frustrating. Like at games like today, which they could have and should have won. But um, you know, I I am hopeful that this weekend they can get some retribution against the Tigers since they have four games against them yeah. and the Tigers are still down uh, their best player and well, two of their best players really. Um, yeah. Uh, sh- let's see. We've got one from uh, James Roberts at Junk Ball Pitching. Uh, so we know that the news uh, likely hurts Cano's Hall of Fame chances some. But does this have any bearing on his Mariners Hall of Fame chances? Cano has been great here, but I wonder how much pushback he'd receive now and would it affect any more or less for suspensions on other teams like D or Cruz? Uh, this is a very interesting question because I had, I had not thought about this particular right. way framing of it uh, at all. Um, where, you know, where, do, where do you think, what, what, what do you, what do you stand on it right now? Um, I mean the statement that the team put out, which I had to remark upon how different that statement of support was versus when Eric Felia got busted, like mm-hmm. the, the treatment that you, which bothers me, honestly, like it should be consistent all the way down. Because in Cano's, it was very much, we support the player. And in Filio's, it was, we support the program. And, you know, you got to support your people all the way down, Mm -hmm. I think. So that was a failing on the Mariners' part, to my mind. And I'm disappointed in them for it. Uh, Mm -hmm. I also think that that shows that, you know, Robinson Cano, over the time he's been here, has been just an integral member, not just of on the field, but off of it. Um you know he's a he's a team leader he's done what it takes i think gene segura being a mariner is related to his relationship with robinson cano um mm-hmm. you know it's he his fingerprints in some way are all over this organization whether it's just taking someone out and doing his uh whatever the screen drill doing his screen drill with them or you know giving instruction i still i'm so struck by Remember the anecdote about him trying to help out Brad Miller? Yeah. <laughs> and being uh-huh. reprimanded for it because Brad Miller, this made me d- dislike Brad Miller. Uh-huh. Um, you know, getting yelled at by Andy Vance like for, you know, that's not how we do things around here. I think he has been a huge part of changing that culture. And mm-hmm. um, I don't think that this is going to dampen his chances for the Mariners Hall of Fame. Because um, he's going to come back and it's going to be something that, like with the Cruz, I have to be reminded that Cruz did PEDs because his body of work outside of that is so much more of who he is, I think, and, mm-hmm. and what he's given the team. So yeah. I think it'll be similar with Cano. Yeah. And I mean, the, the Mariners have gotten over things that were much more personal uh, in their Mariners Hall of Faming. You know, I Randy Johnson essentially demanded yeah. a trade yeah. and w- was going to refuse to necessarily, uh, you know, play uh, all that much and just all manner of un- unpleasantness before he was traded. Uh, still ended up being a Mariners Hall of Famer. Ken Griffey Jr., all sorts of sloppiness, you know. Uh, Cano obviously doesn't have necessarily that same connection of also being on the best Mariners teams of, of all time. But, 
you know, they, I, I think the A-Rod thing is different be, in part because he was just such a pariah for a number of reasons yeah. in baseball. Uh, and most notably because he left for, he left for money. And I was, I remember being pissed about it at and the time. And yeah, and went to a division rival. Yeah, you know, I and, think that, that that part is is key. And just kind of like, I think Alex Rodriguez does not talk about being a Seattle Mariner in the same way that some other players who were with the uh-huh. team do. Like, he just, it just seems like he's kind of scrubbed it out of his... And so, too, mm-hmm. does it feel like the, the team has scrubbed him out a little bit of their collective mm-hmm. memory? You know, he's just not ever featured in any of the nostalgia stuff that they do. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So I, I, th- I think he becomes a Mariners Hall of Famer, uh, and and it's not a contentious issue. Is it time? Uh, Is it time? Do we get to talk about the draft now? Is it time? Uh, let's. Uh, yeah, let's go with it. All right. Uh, we can we can finish on the draft. Okay, so. The draft is coming up June 4th to the 6th. Mm -hmm. If you are not into the MLB draft, may I present to you my argument for why the MLB draft is actually fun and awesome. And you should learn about it. I didn't for a long time. I was like, that college baseball is a thing that I can't follow. Like, I don't have enough room in my head to think about college baseball Mm -hmm. in addition to everything else. But your enjoyment of things is so much more... It's just redoubled when you also know what just kind of the bare minimum of what's happening in college baseball and who the top mm-hmm. prospects are. And it's information that's going to pay off in your baseball fandom. So that's my very long pitch for please come to the site. We have ML, all our draft stuff is pinned on the page, like beneath the whatever is going on for the day. There's a special mm-hmm. tab and you can click and learn about it. And it's mm-hmm. really. This draft is, I can't underscore enough how important a really good draft is for the Mariners. (laughs) Yep. It is, this is maybe the most important draft that, well, it's definitely the most important draft that DePoto is going to have. It possibly Mm. is going to be the most important draft of any baseball team this year, just because of the position the Mariners are in. He has to restock the farm system really quickly. Mm He has to do it with players who are going to succeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, he cannot miss on these players. So, yeah. oh boy, are the stakes mm-hmm. high. And mm-hmm. the Mariners have good positioning, but definitely better than they've had in previous years because 2017 was t- such a tire fire. Thanks, 2017. Uh, what was that, Kate? Sorry, could you could you say that again? It sort of cut out oh, around. 2017 was such a tire fire. The one oh, yeah. gift of 2017 was that this... Uh, we get a reasonably good draft position. Yeah. So we're picking 14th. There's a ton of talent. Uh, they're going to be able to pick up someone really good at that point. Mm-hmm. And this is a particularly deep draft, yeah. right? It, it is It is not I would a say it's so wide. I don't know about deep. Yeah. Like, there's no yeah. can't-miss prospect. You know, there's no, like, clear-cut number one even. They're still arguing yes. about who's going to be. Is it going to be Brady Singer, the pitcher from Florida? Is it going to be Casey Mize, the pitcher from Auburn? Uh, you know, maybe it's going to be one of the high school <laughs> arms. Which which large SEC guys <laughs> yeah, are going to be? Yes, exactly. 
yeah. you know, Nolan Gorman or one of a high, a high school arm, bat. a high school bat. Someone could sneak in there too. It's 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 really after studying the draft for a long time for the for several months, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still have no idea how it's going to shake down on draft day. But yes, very mm-hmm. wide wide swath of talent to choose from. And they should be just as well positioned picking in the second round as they are in the first. Yeah. Um, so there's, you know, I think as someone who, similar to you, Kate, had no real interest in the minor leagues or the, you know, the draft coming into, you know, really up until a couple of years ago, uh, it, it, it is... You know, if it just isn't going to be your thing, it's just not going to be your thing, and that's quite all right. But it is fascinating to follow guys for their whole careers, and it is interesting and exciting, especially when the major league team is so troublesome uh, oh, yeah. to have. You know, other way. You know, like I, I have seen you, and and I've seen. Ethan Novak, who's a longtime you know prospect writer here, and I've I've seen Ben Thowen, who is our minors, our sort of lead minors coverage person here. You know, it it, it helps sort of spread out the uh, the day, yes. right? Like it it yeah. helps spread out your baseball experience in terms of you know you can have a, 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 the Mariners be just brutal one day, but you know. You see, you get to watch Evan White, uh, you know, have have a good day, or you get to see a, a pitcher that you've been tracking since they got taken in the ninth round. Who, you know, you don't need to watch every day, but you see they had a good game, and it's exciting to watch and see these little, these little steps and progressions, and and learn more about uh, how how it all comes together. So, um. We got a question, Kate. Who is our question from about local local folks? If if you're if you're trying to get a if you're a local Mariners fan in the Pacific Northwest and you're trying to find someone. Oh crumbs! I wrote down the question and I forgot to write down who. Uh, I believe Shooter Hunt looks no, like. No, no, no. That was um, that was the person who has done this long. Lengthy. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm just looking through and I see that we got a bunch more questions that sadly I do not think we are going to have time to answer because we're talking, That's right. talking draft, <laughs> talking mm. draft, um, <laughs> find it. I see Jose asked us, first of all, how dare you? Yes. And the only thing that I can think of is I ask myself that all the time. <laughs> every time every time I'm like I am a baseball commenter and my <laughs> baseball opinions are important yeah first of all how dare I but I uh, do it anyway uh-huh. alright I am su- I am super sorry person who asked this question I uh-huh. cannot find it okay well anyway this person asked <laughs> I'm really sorry asked about who uh, if we have any interesting draft prospects coming out of the state of Washington, um, mm. aside from, you know, sort of the obvious, there are Washington natives who go to school in California and, and uh, at UW, obviously, in Wazoo and Oregon. Uh, specifically, I assume that this question was asking about interesting high school prospects. 
So uh, I found the website, northwestbaseball.com, which has some really great, they have like a top listing. Um, Mm -hmm. And so Shooter Hunt is the, did an interesting tweet thread about Jason Schrader, or Schroeder, I don't know how to say it, who's a senior pitcher at Juanita, he's a UW commit, um, and just really seems to have like a very advanced pitchability. Uh, his fastball is in the low 90s, which is where you want it to be for a high school senior. Um, mm-hmm. He's got a good 11.5 curve and a sharp slider. So uh, really nice arsenal of pitches, very projectable, big, strong lower half, big guy. Um, so he is definitely someone to watch. I think, you know, he's got that UW commit, but if he gets mm-hmm. taken early on, I think... That's someone to kind of keep an eye out. And you can see the whole list if you just Google Northwest Baseball. Um, Mm -hmm. How about you, John? Do you want to talk to... I don't know if people know what you do. Have we talked about (laughs) that before? Not too much. Okay. Uh, I I also happen to be a coach at uh, Garfield High School for for baseball. Uh, And uh, this year I was the head JV baseball coach, so I wasn't seeing... Too many of the top guys uh, were in the Metro 3A conference, um, which you know has usually a few of the better guys in the conf- or in the in the state. But um, so you know there are a, f- a few uh, you know strong strong players. But um, yeah, I, I think as as you said, uh, Kate, you know there, if, especially if you're if you're looking for for programs with uh you know consistent legacy i mean we played o'day a lot and o'day tends to usually have uh, a couple guys and and that is uh that is the the case again uh this year um so yeah with uh larson falcons uh it's it's it there there are some interesting names to watch and and especially at the college level though uh there there are definitely some folks to watch uh and including among Kate's uh adopted alma not alma mater but but uh uh Oregon State uh the the outfielder by the name of Trevor Larnach Larnach Larnick Larnick oh yeah Larnick excuse me yeah uh uh, but yeah, Larnick as as well as obviously the Mister Mister Magical, uh, Nick Magical, Nick Madrigal. Um, yeah, who will likely not be there for the Mariners. Definitely but, uh, not. He'll be on the top ten. Yeah, but um, yeah, some some interesting folks to watch for, uh, and you know, certainly the Mariners have had a history of uh, going for some local guys. Wyatt Mills last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh and yeah it it'll be it'll be interesting to watch uh we're we're going to have a lot of stuff on the draft uh on the site we already have been doing sort of a, a little bit of lead up um and and like we'll try and make it big and loud as you <laughs> said uh it's very easy to find um so come come join and and if you have the chance to go and see any of these guys um you know please feel free to you know write something up on the site and and we will absolutely share that because that that's sort of 
fun stuff that you only get the chance to do if you're physically around and yeah. not everyone can get out to watch Puyallup play you know like not Which everyone is also can a powerhouse yeah perennial, uh, perennial powerhouse of talent has a few good good guys to watch out for yeah I yeah. think if we're talking just like kind of generally about the draft John mm. you and I have talked about whether their strategy will be similar to what they did last year where they went for the um, fast-moving college player in the first round with Evan White and then mm. took a chance on a prep arm mm. in our favorite golden boy... Scarl! <laughs> Sam Carlson, who's uh, injured, apparently, and they're not doing baseball things, which kind of stinks. I and think it wasn't that he was... Wasn't it that he was he wasn't quite injured, but they were like building up yeah, his arm I, strength I so that he wouldn't be injured? Yes, I think that that's <laughs> part of it. He is just not... And I mean, I know it's very frustrating for the scouts down there that the Mariners aren't playing. They don't have enough players to field developmental, you know, for the developmental games, which the scouts come and they watch. And this is how people like Eric Langenhagen make their money. Like they go mm-hmm. and they watch and they report on things. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that there's a general frustration that the Mariners are maybe not running guys out for for everybody's eyes to look upon, but are have mm-hmm. them stashed away in their secret training facility Mm-hmm. Um, you know, making them do arm care stuff, and that's not as much fun. You don't you don't write up a guy <laughs> icing his shoulder, uh, yeah. or stretching out with some Jaeger bands. Like that's not uh, that's not super compelling content. Uh-huh. Um, but I think that that is hugely the way that you know you saw a lot of the players that we have in Clinton right now were held in rookie ball all of last year, which I thought was really strange. Like. Typically, you want to send those guys to the Northwest League and put them out against your top talent. But it definitely mm. seems like with guys who they're investing in developing a little more, like some of the international signees, um, guys they get out of high school, uh, Tommy Romero, who you know is a pitcher we're pretty high on. They got out of JUCO. He was down there, um, and they're just they, they seem to have like two paths. There's mm. the quick track. Mm-hmm. And then there's the slower developing one. So Sam mm-hmm. Carlson on that path right now. Yeah. Um, so they might go that way again this year. It's a deep enough draft that they could get a really good high school arm, college arm in the first round, mm-hmm. high school, mm-hmm. maybe position player, who knows, in the second. Or mm-hmm. I would love to see them do college arm first round and will Banfield the catcher out of Georgia who I love uh, I love him I love his skill set uh, get him in the second round and just pay those guys a bunch of money and then go cheap and like they did last year with taking Wyatt Mills <laughs> who no one knew the name of mm-hmm. forever treasure the, the image of Jonathan Mayo or whoever was desperately looking up Wyatt Mills to try to figure out who he was <laughs> Um, uh, so I could see them going. I could see them going either way: going college arm, prep, prep person in the second round, or maybe prep arm in the first round and a coll- coll- collegiate in the second. Uh, I would. I would expect. I mean, <laughs> expect. I certainly not an area of real expertise predicting this, but uh, I would guess they go similarly to the way they went last year of getting a position player, you know, or or at least getting a college player in the first round, uh, someone that's a comfortable, guaranteed a sign 
uh, and good good value at the spot. Um, whether that's a pitcher like Jackson Kowar or uh, Logan, Logan Gilbert, Gilbert which either of which I'd be happy with. Um, good good pitchers from the south. Good big you know arms. Big who, big beefy boys. Yeah, um, and then Durable. you know or yeah or you know another you know infielder. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, there, there, there. When we say wide about the draft, there are just a lot of people who. There, there's about 50 guys who, if they went in the top, you know, 20, it'd be like, yeah, sure. yeah that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, which is not, the rest you know, of the, not the rest of the, the case. 30. I'm gonna be like, he went there, even though yeah, I know exactly. full well. I know I'm gonna be outraged about uh, whoever goes like towards the back end, even though mm-hmm. I know full well that it could have easily been either any mm-hmm. any other way around. Which is fun. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and then I think you see, especially if they do that, I think we see them go to a prep arm again in the in the lower levels. Uh, and I'm gonna just put my put my dream out there for Kumar Rocker in the in the second round, which I know is not your jam, but. I just think he's got a reliever's profile, but, uh, you know, that's nah, not nah, terrible nah, nah. either. Uh, throws big big fella, <laughs> NFL dad, throws mid-90s, is 18. Good slider, good change, or developing nice change up. Nice kid, too. Very nice, very nice, yeah. high-character individual. Yeah. Uh, anyways, a lot of, lot of possibilities there. Oh, it's going to be so fun! So get on yeah. the get on the draft bandwagon <laughs> with us. Yeah. Uh, especially if things do not go well at the major league level, which yeah, yeah. Uh, you know the team's been a blast, but it's yeah. And and if they're going to do well, as well, say if they're going to do well, they got to start doing it now because I it's it is very it it is reasonable to see a lineup like they had today and will likely have for the rest of the month uh, of what, you know, Gordon, Segura, Haniger, uh, hopefully Cruz back soon, Seager, and then kind of Healy, Zunino, and whoever we can get else in there. Uh, that that lineup can hang against the, the rough teams that they're going to play, but I don't know if it's enough to carry them through uh, – everything else and that's going to be the challenge uh and everything else starts in june oh man it's a there's a there's a lot a lot is coming up a lot is coming up mm-hmm. the angels are losing by the way it's the bottom of the ninth oh i know they have two I know. outs otani struck out he did uh all right kate well let's uh i take my joy where i can find it okay <laughs> <laughs> Today is a stupid game. So the thing about following the minors is the minors can also, uh, when you're already having kind of a bad baseball day, can can pour the pain on a little more. And uh, unfortunately, things are not going so well for the Modesto Nuts right now, which means yeah. none of our minor league teams will have won today. So that's that's a rough that's a rough baseball day. You have good days and you have bad days in baseball as in life. All right. Well, now that I've thoroughly bummed us out, <laughs> it's time to uh, go away for the week. It is indeed. Uh, well, we'll be we'll be back next week, uh, having uh, had a four-game 
homestand against the uh, the Detroit Tigers in our in our back uh, in our rearview mirror. I hope that we uh, crush them. I would love Please, them to crush. Uh, this them. would be a great time for that first sweep. So, I hope it that when be... we talk to you next time, we are recapping a, a series sweep. Yeah, yeah, and then a a day off after that. What oh, a novel concept! What an idea! All right. Uh, well, thank you so much for listening, uh, mm-hmm. and for sending us questions. Those of you who did, we mm-hmm. always appreciate that. That is the engine mm-hmm. that makes the podcast go. So. Oh, we appreciate each and every one of you, including... I'm sorry, I could not find the tweet. I just spent the last t- 10 minutes looking for who had sent me the question about the Washington State draftees, but couldn't find it. Sorry, person. <laughs> All right. Uh, have a great week. We'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye.